All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to another episode of We Create Music. I am your host, B. Vaughn, and today we have an extraordinary guest, KT Got Beats, music producer, songwriter, and composer. Yes, sir. Brother, welcome to the show. Great Glad to have you. That. Appreciate it. For sure. Appreciate it. Yeah. So as with all of our shows, we kind of start in the very beginning. Just walk us through your, your musical journey. Well, <laughs> I know we got a timer, so being cognizant of that. Um, no, don't worry. So, yeah, we'll go as long as we need to, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so my, um, I started playing, actually learning classical music, classical mm. piano. My pops was a, uh, he's still a keyboardist at our church okay. back in Birmingham, Alabama. So I started with classical piano at like age six. Wow. And then by the time I got to middle school, like 11 or 12, I quit. <laughs> I shouldn't have quit, but I thought I wanted to be a basketball player. Mm. So I quit. All my friends were joining the basketball team mm -hmm. or whatever. So, But that's also the time where I kind of was like, I'm tired of doing these recitals mm. i want to my pops had keyboards at the house so i'm like i want to make some of my own stuff i was mm. also starting to get into you know more rap and hip-hop um because my pops being a church musician we had a heavy gospel background right uh jazz and he was into a lot of other stuff but so i was into that and then when i turned probably you know 10 11 12 i was able to go to the store buy my own cds mm. i'm buying rap cds and Stuff like that. So I was like, I want to make my own beats. And so around that time that I quit piano lessons, I started making my own beats as well. Mm. So um, so then through middle school, high school, you know, uh, I was <laughs> basically making beats on this keyboard. This old Insonic TS-10, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, had floppy disk and all that. So if I wanted people to hear my beats and they couldn't come to my house, my pops had this CD recorder. And so I would have to hook that up to the keyboard, put a blank CD in there, hit record, hit mm -hmm. play on the keyboard, you know, let it record in real time, yeah. go through that whole process. So I would make a beat CD, bring it to school, let people hear it. Mm -hmm. You know, I got, I don't know what that feedback was really. I don't know if people were just excited <laughs> that somebody was making beats because, you know, this is when it wasn't as accessible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would bring them to school. People was like, yo, this is crazy, you know, mm -hmm. rapping on them and stuff. So that's all through middle and high school and then by the time I got to college I got my first laptop like my freshman year this is like 09 okay. and so I really consider um that year that's when I started like trying to record people in the dorm mm -hmm. room and stuff that's when I really say I started producing people okay before that it was just making beats you know what I'm saying having fun and then probably 09 is when I started people was recording in my in my bedroom and mm -hmm. I'm telling them like nah say it like this and Starting to get into that process, mm. so um, there's you know there's plenty in in between that year and where we are now, but mm. uh, I would say that that's really where it started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So coming from from Birmingham, uh, growing up in the music scene there, especially in, in a house where you your parents and least and, and your pops is playing keyboards and he's doing those things in church, and so uh, that has a huge impact on you as yeah. far as your creativity. Uh, so kind of talk about that. What were some of the things that when you was growing up, how that music influenced the music that you make today? Mm, so that's going to end up like coming around to my whole like mantra now, which is there is no box. Mm. But um, ultimately having like those different influences. So playing classical music, but growing up in church around gospel and around, 
you know, my pop just loved jazz and he loved bands like Earth, Wind & Fire and stuff like that. Mm. Those were my early influences. And then me discovering hip hop kind of on my own. My pops weren't really into hip hop and rap. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, everybody did music. My, my mom played the flute. My sister mm. played the clarinet. My brother played saxophone. So wow. I couldn't run from music, but I, I kind of got tired of just making other people's music. Right. And so I was just trying to figure out how to get these influences into my own sound. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of my earlier beats had like lots of classical runs in them because that's, mm -hmm. that's all I knew how to play at the time and just putting drums behind that. Uh, and then over time, I got influenced by... So by the time I got into music, this is like 2000, 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. So who was killing the game at this time is Dr. Dre, Kanye, mm -hmm. Pharrell and Neptunes, and Timbaland. Mm -hmm. So those are like my biggest influences because they was making everybody's everybody stuff at the time and it yeah. was universal i felt like i could turn it on you know the contemporary station and i would hear a timbaland song and i could turn it on the rap station and still hear a timbaland mm -hmm. song or a neptune song or whatever um so that was like so my sound now like is you know it's like a plethora it's like a combination of all those different influences okay. so you may hear one day you may hear more of a live bass sound and the other day you may hear more just 808s Mm. And then the next day, it may be something that sounds like more of a movie score and it's got mm. more of a classical feel to it. So um, we talked about my project Possibility. Yep. That's, that's kind of the whole theme. I mean, we can talk more about that. But Yeah, of yeah. course. Oh, we're going to get into talking about Possibilities. <laughs> yeah, because I heard it the other night and I definitely got to shout it out so people can go can go pop it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no doubt. You know, when you think about music back in those, you know, 90s, Early two thousands, when Timberland and Pharrell and Dr. Dre and Kanye, they were, they were killing it. Right, but what right. I loved about, I mean, I'm I'm from Virginia, so oh, you know, oh so, okay, yeah. I mean, Timberland and, and the Neptunes were, you know, they were the main influences of music, yeah, and and VA. But their sound was so diverse, right, right. It right. was so diverse, and it was wasn't complex, mm -hmm. but it was. It had enough elements in there that made it full, yeah, and made it, uh, you know, those uh, type of compositions that really, really energized the music scene, whether it was in right. pop or whether it was in rap, whether it was in R and B, whether it was in whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh, so when you kind of consider how music was back then to how music is today, mm. what are some of the differences you see from from both of those time periods? Ah, man, I mean, I feel like it's so many reasons why music is a little different, but um, the main reason I, I looked up to those people was because I feel like they found their kind of sound mm. and then they did that. And so the reason I feel like they could transcend genre with their sound is because, like, let's take Neptunes, for example, like whether it was a Britney Spears or a Gwen Stefani mm -hmm. or a Mystical or a Jay-Z, everybody was like, I want that Neptune sound versus mm -hmm. I feel like now I mean I feel like people are still uh, trying to do that and a lot of people still can but I feel like now people look at it with more so like uh, what's working I can give you what's working mm. and so if this Cardi B sound right now is working I can give you something that sounds like that mm -hmm. which I mean if you can get paid from it I ain't mad at you but I feel like it's as far as longevity and being able to differentiate yourself in the long run, mm -hmm. like your legacy as a creator, you got to do your thing mm -hmm. ultimately. And um, it's challenging. I mean, 
you're talking to somebody who, like I said, I started when I was making beats at 12 and I'm mm -hmm. still trying to really like, you know, introduce myself to the world in the okay. right way. But ultimately, like the things that um, help me stay kind of grounded on this is when I run into people that have heard my stuff five years ago and they're like, man, every time I hear something of yours, I, I feel like I know that's you. Mm. And, uh, you know, that means that mean that makes a difference to me. Yeah. So I feel like that's the main difference is like when I, I talk to a lot of I mentor a couple of producers and they like, yo, um, I heard this new beat, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to make some stuff like that. And I'm like, cool. If you're just trying to learn how to create, mm -hmm. that's what I did, too. But put your own thing in there, man. You know, I was like, I know you like, you know, you like a little bit of rock music, too. Like, throw those elements mm -hmm. in there. And they're like, well, that ain't what they really doing right now. And I'm like, but that's what you do. Right. You know, so that's why I encourage people to to do. And that's where the, my whole little, uh, there is no box kind mm. of thing. That's what that's all about. It's just, you know, maybe this is where you are right now. But if you want to do something different, you can. Yeah, you can. There's no yeah. limits. There's no limits. There's no box, right? No I mean, you, you can out, operate outside of what people think you should be exactly should be doing exactly. you can create music you know i've had conversations with people where we talk about being a music producer and if you're a music producer you should be able to produce music exactly. it's not just i just produce you know trap beats or i just produce country mm -hmm. right now you got people today like i know for example prime example I, there was a homie of mine that let me listen to a song that wasn't released he showed me the song and the video for it mm. I listened to the whole thing. He said, I'm not going to tell you who produced it. I listened, to, <laughs> I listened to the whole song and it was a country song. Okay. And it was dope. Yeah. I was like, whoa, these guys are dope. The, the group is called, the, uh, I'll tell you the group, the Van Leers, right? Van Leers, okay. Yeah, they call the Van Leers out of Nashville. Word. And I saw the song, I listened to the song, saw the video. After it was done, he was like, who do you think produced it? I was like, I don't know, maybe it's a, you know, a country yeah, producer. Was, yeah. He was like, nah, Focus. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, focus three dots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yes, he produced Man. this track. But it just goes to show that if you are a producer, yeah. you should produce music. And that's what I loved about Timbaland and the Neptunes mm -hmm. and Missy and all them. Because Missy did a lot of production mm -hmm. as she was coming up, right? So I love that because they produce. And it's not just, I just, I just do that type right, of thing. Right, right. Right? They operate outside of the... Outside of the box. Yeah, and I feel like ultimately, like all of us, like everybody's unique, right? Everybody mm -hmm. brings something different. And so, I, I mean, I did, I started to get in this habit, like where you kind of like cut off a part of yourself. You cut off some of the things that you like, mm -hmm. the things that you would do because you feel like, well, that's not really what, you know, that's mm -hmm. not really what people messing with right now, or that's not the sound at the moment, or mm -hmm. I, I may not be able to get paid off that, which again, I don't knock nobody for that because everybody got a different situation. But right. um, ultimately, how you gonna like express your in individuality if you are like, nah, I'm not gonna do that because it's not really cool, mm. you know? Because I feel like that's what people like them did. They mm -hmm. made it cool, like Timbaland beatboxing on stuff. Like, yeah, that wasn't a normal thing necessarily. Timbaland beatboxing on stuff. He's putting. Gorillas, right. babies, babies, and all kind of and stuff. King Kong, not King Kong, Godzilla and stuff. Yeah. And sure, he may put King Kong. And stuff, <laughs> but he's putting all these weird, crazy elements yeah. into the song, and people love it. Right. He was creating an entire movement with his his music, just from a creative perspective. Mm -hmm. Now think about how many producers now kind of want to sound like Timbaland. Yeah, just I mean, because he was. That's how I was. I was like, 
oh, like I used to, my old little thing, like way back, used to be like changing the way you bob your head. Because I heard Timberland mm-hmm. say that one time when he was like, I'm trying to change the way you, you know, mm-hmm. you bob your head. And I'm like, yeah, like I want people to affect the game, not just right. only be affected by it. So right. like come in and influence it. And mm-hmm. even if it's just a little bit, maybe like the one thing you do is, you know, you take silverware and you got this special tap you do with oh, yeah, forks. spoons. Like, yeah, yeah. People, <laughs> and people be like, yo, I, every time I hear your stuff, I hear like this little spoon thing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, another kid coming up is like, I want to I want to throw silverware mm-hmm. in my in mind. You know, right. like just those little things is kind of, I feel like that's where it helps push the mm-hmm. envelope and kind of like get us further along, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm trying to encourage other people to do, you know. Right. Right. Do you feel that in the the urban music culture that we live by the mindset of immediacy versus legacy? I think we do now, but I don't blame nobody for that. I really feel like it's just because of the Internet and Mm -hmm. because everything is immediate. That's what we're looking at. We're like, well, Mm -hmm. if I I can make a song, you know, as you know, I can make we can make a song right now Mm -hmm. and put it out. And so people are thinking like, well, let me just do that. Let me just try to make a song as quick as I can right. and get it out. And so that means you're probably not taking the time to add your two cents in and and, mm-hmm. and take it from there. And you're thinking about, because you can get it out so immediately, you're thinking about the immediate reaction that's going right. to happen, which just wasn't maybe the case 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like when you put music out, it took a while for you to kind of yeah. get the feedback. Right. But now, because you know, as soon as you hit post, somebody could just come in and be like, trash. Mm-hmm. Trash, it's like, like all day. Yeah. Thumbs down, <laughs> fire the symbols. Right, 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 right. So since you know that could happen, mm-hmm. you know, you're more hesitant to to push the envelope. Because mm. if that first person that listens might just be like, he put forks in there? Trash. Trash. You know what forks. I'm saying? Forks and songs. Right. And now you, it's just, you know, that fear, right. which is ultimately what it comes down to is mm-hmm. we're just afraid that. People not gonna accept this. They gonna, you know, I'm gonna be mm. somewhat of an outcast if I do this, and uh, mm. and that's the part we gotta get over. Yeah, really, that's what it comes yeah. down to. You know, it's it's so crazy that the music industry today really are looking for people who can forge a new path. You know, you hear people always saying, "I'm looking for that new sound," mm-hmm. but they always are getting the same sound mm-hmm. that other people are generating. That you I mean we can you and I we can sit here and just make trap beats and send it to people and they're like this is cool right but they're looking for that new wave that mm-hmm. new sound you can hear interviews with major artists today and they're kind of talking about that mm. right and so they're kind of giving us as producers a clue yeah that they want that new stuff like okay yeah trap is cool booty yeah. shaking mu- music is cool but what's the new stuff yeah like I love Boz's album. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it just sounds so, like, Tribe was so different. Tribe was dope. And Tribe still had that 808 feeling to it. Right, right. But it had a whole different, it just had a whole different feel. Yeah. And that's what, um, yeah. I mean, I've heard people describe, like, creativity is basically mm-hmm. uh, familiarity plus novelty. Like, mm. because you give people, like, something that feels kind of familiar, and then you add this, like, new element mm-hmm. or a new idea to it. And that's where it kind of starts Benching yeah. along, and I think, like you said, if you a major, somebody like a Ti who's you know been out forever, like he not trying to make the same thing he already mm-hmm. made. He knows that to stay relevant, he got to keep adding on like right. little things. So, and that's you know just one person, but uh, I think 
that's where the perfect balance kind of comes in, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but like like you said with Boz, it's, it's still got the 808s. It's got the some movement, but then you mm -hmm. add in maybe you know something more tribal to it or mm -hmm. whatever, and then that just kind of like makes you because you feel like oh I know what this is, and then you're like oh that's cool. I just got introduced to right. something new, and so that's kind of like the the balance to find, which is it's not easy, but mm -hmm. that's what I think we should all be striving for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about possibilities. Okay. Talk about the the process you went through in creating it. What what drove you to create your own your own album and you know, just talk about your music in general. Where can people kind of find your music as well? Yeah, so um, basically back in, I guess that was 2017, 2018. So 2018, I'm just going to tell you what triggered it all. So I went at, the, at my nine to five, I, we had a, like this retreat. It was mm -hmm. in New York, up in the countryside, playing basketball out there, messed around and ruptured my Achilles Ooh. in this basketball tournament. So... Um, long story short, obviously that had me sit down for a while, mm -hmm. and so I'm sitting down. But before that happened, at that same retreat, the day before that 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 happened, they were like, "Yo, we're gonna have this talent show, blah blah." Like, mm -hmm. if you want to do something, let us know. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like play a beat or something like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it's gonna be like a a thousand people at this event. <laughs> but so I go up there. I played this one unfinished beat I had. I was like, let me just see. You know, these my some of these is my coworkers. I'll be all right. The room, I got the footage now. It's on my YouTube page, but the whole place just started moving. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I ain't even got no words to this. Like people just move into this music. So mm. um, so the next day I ended up having an injury. But being at home for a little bit, I started thinking about I was like, man. First of all, I was just grateful that it wasn't a worse injury. It wasn't like a brain injury right. or something. And the reason I, I kind of came to that is I was like, sometimes people had these injuries. Like if I was an NBA player, this would be devastating. Yeah. You know, but and I would kind of have to change my identity mm -hmm. in, a, in a sense. Maybe I had grew up and I was like, I'm going to be a player. I'm going to be a basketball player. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and then now everything would have been different. Yeah. And I was grateful for the fact that I'm like, I can still make music. That doesn't change. But I was thinking about how... It's, it made me kind of do a lot of research and reading about identity mm. and about how we basically hold on to our identity so tightly. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody, if anything threatens that, then we take we take offense to it mm -hmm. and we get real defensive. And I, and I was trying to understand why we did that. And ultimately, it's just fear. We fear that if this isn't our identity anymore, we ain't going to know who we are. Mm. But really, that's the only way we got to grow like that. And so... Mm. Long story short, possibilities. I, I put out that one track that I performed, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Cool, got a good response." And I was like, "Everybody expects me to be behind the scenes, and you know, they expect maybe a certain sound from me as a producer, but right. I want to like get rid of that perception mm -hmm. and just put out the music I want to put out." And so a lot of those beats were just like I was telling you earlier, just beats that were some of them four or five years old. I was just like. Mm -hmm. They sitting on my hard drive. Maybe I sent them to artists and they didn't really mess with it. So I'm like, I'm just going to put it out. And just kind of the reason I call it possibilities because it's a lot of different styles on there. Yeah. And I'm like, these are the different possibilities that can come mm -hmm. out. And so the whole thing behind it was there is no box because I'm like, this isn't an all trap project. This isn't an all neo soul project. Mm -hmm. It's just a project of music that mm -hmm. I like, you know. And so 
um, that's kind of where that came from. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to put out music that you like also, right? Yeah. If you don't like anything you put out, why are you even I know. putting it out? And then sometimes, you know, working with artists, the artist, you may not like the song as much, mm -hmm. or you might have had a different vision for it. And so, like we said earlier, like now producers have more creative control. We have yeah. more, we're basically more empowered to do whatever mm -hmm. we want to do. And so I'm just trying to take advantage right. of that. That's yeah. right. Like, how do you deal with that? Because you just mentioned, you know, you may have created the song and then you have an artist on the song and then you may not like the trajectory of that the song is going. And like, how do you deal with with that? There have been times I've made songs and somebody got on the song and it was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't like the way that's kind of like heading. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't envision, you know, that being the course of your lyrics and your flow and whatever. Like, how do you deal with that when it's not, when you're working on a project that's not going the way that you Well, the first thing expect. is now I'm like way more hands-on in, in, in the process, mm -hmm. if I can be. I mean, because that's how it started, right? Like when we create music, like I was creating with my friends, they in my dorm room. Mm -hmm. I'm part of the process. You see how he, he, he put that plug in there, right? He said, when we create music, right? <laughs> the singer. You know, I'm, I'm playing that. <laughs> so... You know, you're a part of the process. You can tell them. And then right. when, once it starts becoming, I think what happens is it starts becoming more about money. Mm. And then so now it's just like, okay, how much you going to pay me? All right, I'll send you the beat. And then they do whatever they do. Mm -hmm. and I'm not maybe as involved, so I can't really, I don't have no creative control. Mm. And so I'm trying to get back more involved. But also, I think um, that's why, I mean, producers are putting out their own projects, even mm -hmm. with, with um, artists on it. Because right. it's like, this is my project, and this is based on these tracks that I produce. This is how I wanted the songs to mm -hmm. come out. And so I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to get more hands-on and stop waiting, I guess, right. for, like I said earlier, like really, I like I think what producers do on the low, you feel how you want to feel about it, but I think we, a lot of times we wait on artists to validate our beats. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. I would agree with that. We make the beat, and then we send it to them, and we're like, I hope they like it. I hope they like it. And yeah. if they say, I don't really like it. You know, we take that real mm -hmm. personally, but really, they might not like it, but I played beats for somebody and they was like, mm, and then the next person was like, oh my God. Man, that is you the know? subjectivity of music. Though. You know? You know, you may think something super dope and they may go, trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you may think something is like your trashiest beat and they may go, dude, this is fire. Right. Like, let me get this and this because right, right, it is right. so subjective. Yeah. You know, when it, and so uh, a friend of mine, and I know he's probably going to see it, but I, I've said it before. He said, opinions are like noses. Everybody got one. Everybody got one. Right? Yeah. And so it depends on what you're going to do with that opinion, how that opinion mm -hmm. is going to impact you as a music creator. Are you going to say, okay, well, they thought it was trash. Is it really trash? Yeah. It may not be. That's just yeah. their opinion. Yeah. I mean, I learned that too because I, I, I've done, I, when I first, before I moved out to Atlanta, I used to come out here and do a ton of beat battles. Mm. And uh, I remember I won certain beat battles with the same beats that I lost, lost in the first it. round on the, on another one. And so that's when I really realized, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, you never, you never know. You never you know. You just depend on the day and the person or whatever. So that's right. I mean, now I'm not, now it took me a long time, but now I'm kind of, that's why I'm about to start just putting out beats like every mm -hmm. couple weeks, every month, just releasing stuff. Everyone ain't going to be my best beat, but somebody probably going to like want, you know, Right. one of them out the bunch so yeah. the goal is now just to execute just to be consistent mm -hmm. kind of build momentum for me and the brand that's right at this point. Yeah. yeah i was saying it the other day 
is that not every beat a producer makes is going to be their best, most fire track. I mean, it's just, it's just not. You're going to make some mediocre beats. Yeah. You know, and, and but you like it. Like, yeah. there are beats that I made that are mediocre, but I like it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself going back listening to them like, yeah, I like this. I like this. But would it ever get on a, a major artist album? Probably not. But do I like it? Yes. Right, right, so, right. you know, you got to make music for yourself and also music for for other people. Yeah. Right. I mean, Both you, just, you just got to. You yeah. just got to. You yeah. know, so I want to go back to possibilities, though. I do want you to tell them where they can find oh, yeah. this so, amazing album. It's on all the streaming platforms. Uh, oh, here we go. It's on possibilities. It's on all streaming platforms. Just search KT Got Beats Possibilities. Um, or you can go to my website. I got a link to it there. KTGotBeats.com. So it's going to be a lot more coming. Uh, actually, this Friday, January 17th. Uh -huh. So be on the lookout for that. You know, follow me everywhere. KT Got Beats. Same thing everywhere. Yeah. What I like that he has on his website, and because I peruse the entire website. <laughs> All right. What I love that you have on your website is that there's a link at the top that says "Let's work," mm -hmm. and then it takes you to a video, mm -hmm. and it says, "This is how we can work together." Yeah, I love that. I don't know if I've seen anybody do that on any website on any platform, but he has a video. Yeah, well, like I'm talking, to you. <laughs> you have a video up there that says "Let's work," and yeah. then it really walks you through a process of here's how we work, and then there's a form. Oh man, I love it. it says project. I think it says project, project planner. planner. Yeah, you yeah. click that, and there's ten questions that you go through, and it, it, I was like, I don't think I've seen anybody My mentor, um, do that. I recently had gotten a business mentor, and he kind of like, he was like, "Look, man, like you gotta first of all, mm -hmm. you gotta tell people what you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just because you're a producer, don't mean they knows what makes you different from right. somebody else. And then the project planner is really like it." I'm really just trying to see if you're serious because mm -hmm. I'm asking you certain questions to see like where do you want to go because and I use the word less work on mm -hmm. purpose because yeah, that's the common phrase. it's the common phrase but you know usually when you meet somebody and y'all dap up and then they be like yeah man let's work let's work and that's where it ends so I'm like people used to saying let's work but I'm like no like are you ready to work mm -hmm. that's basically what the form and all of that is, is like are you ready to work because I'm at a place now where um, I mean I know tons of artists i don't there's no shortage of people for me to work with mm -hmm. so if i'm gonna particularly work with this person what you know are you ready to work do you know what you want to do because between me putting out my music and me working with the homies i already got i'm plenty of busy and so mm -hmm. if we're gonna make this work then let's let's take it serious yeah, really trust if you're filling out that form you must be really serious because he's going to ask you some questions that I mean, really, a, a producer who's working on a project or working with an artist should be asking. Right, right, right. I mean, right. those are basic questions you should, like, I think question 10 was, what's your budget? Yeah, yeah. Like, like you got to have a budget. Price, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to talk through it. But if you kind of coming into the picture, like, I want you to do all these things for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have no plan on, like, how to compensate you then. No disrespect, but I already got plenty of people I can work with for mm -hmm. free that I already know. And so right. I don't need new people necessarily to work with for free. Mm -hmm. I'm going to always look at the situation, but, you know, that's, I mean, right. I I feel like that's how most producers feel. It's like, I got homies I can work with for free. Right. For free. And so I'm really looking to build a relationship with you. But if you come into me for something that you feel like I have expertise in, mm -hmm. just like you would go to the grocery store, or just like you go to your doctor, like, you're going to pay them something. That's right. For that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I love the fact that on the site, you have a, a three-step plan mm-hmm. that kind of walks them through, here's what phase one looks like, here's what phase two looks like. By the time you're done with your album, you have a radio-ready album that mm-hmm. you, can, you can market. But then yeah. I like step three that says, okay, now you get your project. Now, if you need help with consultation mm-hmm. and, and planning and distribution and things like that, you also are also available to yeah, help them through that as well. I'm trying to be, you know, an asset mm-hmm. to an artist. So, I mean, that first step, and that comes specifically from that whole identity thing is, I call it the artist identity assessment. So I ask you a ton of questions. I send a ton of questions out. I tell artists, go out, go to the park, turn off your phone, turn off mm-hmm. your computer, Sit down and give yourself real answers to these questions. This is going to help you understand who you are as an artist right now and where you want to go to get out that box. And then, of course, we're going to make amazing music, make sure it's high quality. But then I want to make sure you know how you're going to get paid from it, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I mean, because if not, like somebody's going to take advantage of you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, yeah. They sure. They sure will take advantage of you. Yep. All right, cool, man. So let's talk about some of your own personal sacrifices and challenges that you've had to deal with in this industry. And what did you learn from those? <laughs> uh, it's always funny to me because I feel like I'm always learning through mistakes. Mm. Um, but sacrifices, I think um, the it's like, where do I start? But so when I moved out, I moved out to Atlanta in 2013. Okay. And a lot of the stuff, so like I said, I was doing B battles and stuff, and I had a couple opportunities come up, and especially when you don't really know, you know, I'm from Birmingham, smallest city, and you don't really know like what an opportunity looks like sometimes. So I had a couple opportunities come up for like production deals and things like that, mm-hmm. and trying to be careful, like I get lawyers involved and stuff, and the lawyers are like, oh no, this contract is all bad. And uh, you need to renegotiate and blah, blah. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, you know, I'm trying to trust the lawyer. Mm -hmm. But when in hindsight, I'm like, man, some of these opportunities, were they like, were they the best option for me? I mean, like, I didn't Mm -hmm. have no leverage. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I was going to have to give some stuff up. Uh, But maybe the opportunities that would have come from it would have been worth it. But a lot of, I turned down situations because I'm like, well, it don't seem like it's the best option. But you never know, like what could have happened mm-hmm. when you turn down the opportunity, and so yeah, I try to learn from those situations. Like you really just gotta look at the bigger picture. A lot of times, sometimes I know. And Rob, I was watching Rob's interview, like t- talking about saying no to certain things. Mm-hmm. You gotta know when to say no and when to yeah. say, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, so that's that's something I'm trying to learn. Like even today, like if it's a, I was helping this 14 year old kid with a song and I, you know, normally I'm charging people for stuff, but he 14 and he doing everything he can mm-hmm. at his home. And he like, man, I just need a little help on the mix. And I'm like, you know what? I got you. Mm-hmm. And because I just look, I'm like, this is a good opportunity. This kid got a lot of talent. I just want to be a part of what he got going on. So it's like trying to figure out when to say yes, when to say no. Yeah. Um, but sacrificing, I mean, I've worked all the way through like my career so far like to make sure my family and my Mm -hmm. situation is always taken care of which means i don't necessarily get to be in the studio 24 7 working all the time but i mean again that's one of those things you got to decide for yourself in your own situation like 
You know, do I want to just quit and go for it? Mm-hmm. That's not always as clear cut as as it sounds. You know? Yeah, you'll hear people, you'll hear people on one side like, man, if you really believe in it, you should just drop everything and go for it. Mm-hmm. But everybody's situation a little different, man. Mm-hmm. Like if you got a kid or whatever the case may be, like. Or bills. Or, or just bills. <laughs> <laughs> or just bills. Right. Oh, man. Then you can't, it's not as, it's not as straightforward. Yeah. And so you're going to sacrifice one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You're either going to sacrifice by not having really no money and just trying to figure it out. Or you're going to sacrifice your time by having to, you know, invest it somewhere mm-hmm. else. And so that's just, you know, that's just a constant. I mean, that's life in general. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as in the industry, I feel like. You know, you always putting yourself out there. You always taking risks, whether it's working with particular people or particular companies, or just um, risking risking it all by jumping ship from your job mm-hmm. and and going for it. So, yeah, there's always a risk involved in pretty much everything that we that we do. I mean, because we don't know really what the choice yeah. is going to is going to lead. So there's going to be a risk that we are always going to take. You know, whether you're the producer who I'm quitting today and I'm going to go full fledged into it. Or if, you know, I got other responsibilities mm-hmm. that I got to make sure I take care of and manage. And then, I mean, there's risk with, with that. Like yeah. you can't be in the studio 24 seven. I can't be in the studio 24 right. seven. My wife would. <laughs> yeah. I can't be in the studio. 24/7. Like, I just, just yeah. can't do it. Can't yeah, do it. Yeah. I mean, I got, plus I got to go to work the next day. I mean, I know people who do and they sacrifice, but mm-hmm. you know, my day job still pays the bills. So if I'm super tired when I go to work and I'm not performing at the level that my leadership is is requiring, right. they're be like, hey, guess what? You should just figure out how to do that. Guess what? You kind of, <laughs> yeah. you just been, been, you've just been promoted to customer. You have a, I'm like, oh. So, yeah, so exactly. there's sacrifice exactly. and risk with, with everything that, that we do. Yeah. So some people have an affinity to take a greater risk than others or situations mm-hmm. can take a greater risk Take a greater risk than others. Yeah, and I, I mean that's why now I, I I really like being around the youth because I feel like that's this is the best time. Mm. If you as far as sacrifice and risk, that's the best time. Like mm-hmm. like like I said, the fourteen year old kid, he's trying to figure it out. I'm like, yo, now's the time to like invest in him because he'll be able to take that risk at eighteen and right. just figure it out because he maybe ain't got a whole bunch of other responsibilities mm-hmm. versus. You know, if you don't take the risk earlier, it's you know it just gets a little bit, it gets more and more difficult as time goes on. So, yeah. um, I try to encourage people to take a risk based on your situation. You know, what's the most risk you can take without completely like destroying your mm-hmm. your situation? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm still in a good place because I don't have kids. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't, I'm not completely responsible for another human right. being. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at the same time, the way I'm approaching things now, I mean, I still got like hella student loans and stuff like that. And so I'm right. like, I could quit now. Like if I didn't have no, you know, maybe debt and things like mm-hmm. that, I could quit now and and figure it out. Yeah. But with all this other stuff going on and being wanting to be able to help my family out and things like that, right. eh, it's not quite not quite there yet. Right. You know, what I'm right? Saying? Yeah, you got to still figure out how to maneuver through that, yeah. ensure that you're still getting what you need for mm-hmm. yourself for your situation family whatever it may be yeah but yeah i cannot take that stuff. <laughs> that's not a leap that i could take uh you know i have a, a brother who's also a uh he's an artist i've been telling this dude like bruh 
you should be that's what you should be doing mm-hmm. like i know he works a day a day job he doesn't have a kids mm-hmm. he's not married man shoot <laughs> i'm not saying let that be me right right Maybe right when you watch don't tell your mom to but anyway <laughs> but uh, if it was just me yeah i would be ham on as much as possible right 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 yeah and i would get that advice to any person that's out there that doesn't have mm-hmm. like outside responsibilities when it comes to kids or family go for it go for it just man. push it as hard as you can yeah but nothing I, wrong with having a day job right right you know? right right of but course do what you got to do do your day job come home work your tail off through the night mm-hmm. but figure that thing out but i think that's also that contributes to um why people try to stay in the box too because mm-hmm. especially if you got if you know like man i need to like i'm doing this full time i'm like taking the leap but i gotta pay my bills next month that's when it gets it starts to be scarier mm-hmm. to like take those risks musically mm-hmm. because you're like, well, if I do my own little silverware thing on this, like people may not mess with that, right. and I may not sell no beats, and I may not be able to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna make what I know is probably gonna work like right. 99% of the time. And so you gotta decide too, like, okay, if you do have these like big ambitious goals and you you feel like you're super creative and you want to take risks creatively. Mm-hmm. How is that going to translate into the business side as right. well? Like, obviously, it may take a little bit longer to build that fan base. So mm-hmm. you may have to find those, take time to find those people, um, which, again, is part of the reason why I'm just trying to put out my own music now. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, I, I don't want to have to rely on an artist fan base to be my fans. Yeah. Uh, if I can have my own fan base and people that just like what I do naturally, mm-hmm. then I want to I want to continue to build that. Yeah. And over the years... You know, I've gotten a lot of confirmation from people. They're like, yo, man. I mean, artists will listen to the music and be like, I just want to listen to this. I actually, mm-hmm. There's no need for me to put a song on top of this. And so I'm like, okay. And that has opened up um, other opportunities to do right. short films, scoring, and different stuff like that, too. So, mm-hmm. like, my favorite, the project I'm probably most proud of to date, one of them is um, with this speaker, this motivational speaker named Inky Johnson, who travels the world and speaks mm-hmm. everywhere and he wanted to do a project where he took some of his speeches and then I just scored music behind yeah. it. And I like that because it let it let me have creative freedom mm-hmm. but also it has a, a positive impact on people because it's motivational. So, right. you know, I ran into people who listened to the project, didn't know I did it and was like, oh, what about you? Now I listen to it every day before I go out and work out because I'm trying to... And, and so, I'm like, cool, like me staying true to like what I like to do ultimately came back and made a positive impact. See, that's a different approach. Mm-hmm. That's a different way to get your music in places that you may normally not consider. Right? Most people are artist focused, artists, artists, mm-hmm. artists. I need an artist. Let me get an artist. And they're so right. blinded like in the box, right? Right, right. That they right. don't see that there's other opportunities for their music. Like who would think about scoring music for a, a nasty known I'm speaking. He's putting out his motivational speeches on, you know, CD or right. on iTunes. Yeah, and there's your music behind it. Yeah, most people wouldn't even consider that. Man, ain't no box, man. No box. Ain't no box. It's no box. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So speaking of not having a box, what would be some advices that advices like that's an actual? <laughs> I'm not even gonna cut that out. Right, I'm gonna leave it in it. Advices. Advices. But what? <laughs> I got some advices for you. <laughs> what advice would you have for people? who are wanting to get into this music industry, what would you tell them? Um, 
just from my own personal experience, always be a student. Like always be open to adapt. Um, as soon as you get that fixed mindset instead of versus a growth mindset, it's it's gonna start going downhill. If that happened to me, I mean, I think it happened to me with like stuff like social media. You mm-hmm. know? Like uh when I first got on like Instagram, which is like 2012 or something. Um, and I would see other producers like making beats and putting videos up, and I was like, mm, I don't think that's what. I don't think this is what you're supposed to do. You supposed to, <laughs> as a producer, you know, you're supposed to be behind the scenes, like right. you do your thing or whatever. And so I just like a lot of stuff that I was seeing was working mm-hmm. that was new, I was kind of fighting it. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, nah, that's not how you do things. Whatever, whatever. Um, and so I feel like it puts you behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you realize later on, like, oh, maybe I should get involved, but now mm-hmm. you just one in a million at, at this point. So like always be learning, always be open to. I guess I should look right here. I always be open to adapt to the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just always be a student. I feel like if you do that, a lot of other stuff will come naturally because that'll that'll always keep you humble, and that'll always uh, make sure that you don't um, put yourself in a situation where you're judging other people. Because as soon as you start doing that, I mean, you basically making yourself irrelevant because now you're mm-hmm. becoming a hater instead of a creator. You know, mm-hmm. so. That's probably the biggest lesson for me is just keep learning. Like if this is a thing that's working right now, see if you can incorporate that into your your workflow or your mm-hmm. you know creativity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 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 awesome. That's probably the biggest one. I mean, I could I could go through all the things I learned from mistakes and through experience, mm-hmm. but I think uh, ultimately that was the biggest thing, and that'll also keep you from being in a box too, because yeah. um, if you if you want to add a little country element in your thing, why not? Why Old not? Town Road did it. Yeah, look where that went. Look where that went. He did you see the video he put out where his his uh one of his videos from a year ago started mm-hmm. circulating of him like before, when he just released a song he was just at the crib like eating some some food or mm-hmm. some noodles or something like yeah man just put out Old Town Road. We're going to see how it goes. I'm getting some good feedback so far, but we'll see where I'm at in a year. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, man, you know, you just got to take that chance. And now we see, now we see where he's at a year later. Yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, like, and that's, that goes back. You got to take risks. You got to take the risk. You got to take, take risks because you never know. I mean, even the, even though Nelly kind of did the same thing previously. Of course. And killed it. And killed it. Yeah. Like that was a. Um, now, now see now the songs in, is is it, now the songs in my head you know over and over that's what it was over and over again right right that's right, right 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 killed it right but now but Old Town Road has a different little feel to it mm-hmm. it feels a little more country yeah. than um, what Nelly was was doing back then but it still got the eight oh eight still got the eight oh eight feel to it but it's got the it. nine inch nail sample yes so it's like you just talked about trap rock or yeah rock and yeah. country. You know, what I'm saying like one, and you figure out how to make it, how to make it work, or how to make it work, man. You gotta take, you gotta take risk. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. So, where can people find you? KT got beats everywhere: Instagram, Twitter. Even though I don't really tweet no more. KTGotBeats.com. Um, really, just between Instagram and KTGotBeats.com, that's where I'm gonna be. So, come find me. Reach out. Visit the site. Check out the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, be on the lookout. I'm probably gonna post something today about 
what I'm about to start doing this year. So just be on the lookout about, um, I'm going to be releasing a lot of stuff and trying to create a platform for creators to do things that are outside of the box. Mm. Um, so reach out to me if you want to be a part of that. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that was one of my last questions. What's next? But yeah. that's the only if you want to share it. But if you want to know, I guess you can hit up <laughs> KT, you know. Yeah, I was just saying that this There Is No Box theme is going to be, you're going to see a lot more of that. Mm. and Because um, I really just want to create a platform for highlighting people that are doing, that are mm -hmm. choosing to create and live life out, outside of that box. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, yes, man. Yes, sir. Really appreciate it's been it. Fun, man. Any last words you want to say before we before we end? There's no box. No hey, box. Go out there, take risks, keep learning. Let's create. That's what's up. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of We Create Music. You can always check us out at www.wecreatemusic.tv, and you can join us for our new time, which is Thursdays at 7 p.m. We're out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Have a great, great day. Or when you watch this, it'll be nighttime. So <laughs> peace. Peace.